Welcome to the Money Advantage Podcast, empowering business owners with the permission to think differently about money so that you can consciously choose to live a meaningful and fulfilled life now. Our passion is making money simple, fun, and doable, helping you feel great about your money and getting your money working for you so you can thrive. All right. Good morning and welcome back to the Money Advantage Podcast. I'm Rachel Marshall with my co-host, Bruce Wayner. And today we also have a special guest with us, Ron Phillips of RPC Capital. And we're going to be talking about a very interesting connection of ideas today. And I'm really glad, Ron, that we have you on the show because you are in the real estate space, which is very near and dear to our hearts and the hearts of our listeners, as this is a key way that a lot of people are using to build true wealth and streams of income. And we listened to your show, and we also heard that you had this powerful story where you had a couple of clients recently that passed away unexpectedly before their time and just we're working through the professional side of their portfolio and figuring out what that meant and what that looked like and the value of communication among families. And this was just a dynamic and powerful fit because we're talking about legacy and what this means to transfer assets and wealth onto multiple future generations. And unfortunately, many of us do not do this well. And it's because we don't have this this way of thinking through all of what is needed and the process. And so we wanted to be able to have you share that story today, as well as the work that you do. And um, so welcome to the show this morning. Thank you, man. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Um, I, I love, I mean, this is not, not an area often that we get to just jump onto a show and talk about what we love. So it's fantastic. I'm, I'm happy to be here. That's excellent. Well, if you are listening today and maybe you're thinking, hey, what does happen with my real estate after I'm gone? Or what do I need to think through to make sure that I'm communicating about my real estate, my asset portfolio, to make sure that my intentions are carried through from now into future generations? This is the show for you. So Ron Phillips, he's the CEO of RP Invest and RP, RPC Capital. Capital. I'm RP saying that. Capital. RP Capital. Let me make sure I get that correct. Now, this is a real estate brokerage, and he's going to be sharing with you about the work that he does as well. Let me just give you a quick sneak peek and a snapshot into who he is. So he is a leader among leaders. He's a coach, a trainer, a mentor in the real estate investment world. He has an unstoppable passion to help busy professionals and business owners to increase their income and their net worth and to really play that real estate game at a much greater level. Now, he's the founder of founder and CEO of RP Capital. And he's really focusing on educating, training, and empowering those emerging and seasoned investors. So you're going to see a lot of that coming out in the conversation today. So Ron, Ron, go ahead and share with us at the beginning here, what got you into this whole real estate space to begin with? Yeah, I, I think I'm I'm like uh, a lot of people. Uh, I I got thrown into real estate because I, I was the director of sales for a company, been in sales for a number of years, and then I got downsized. Mm. And uh, I had been reading a book. Uh, I mean, Robert Kiyosaki I think has made more uh, real estate investors than just about anybody on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading Rich Dad's Guide to Investing, which I had traded um, Millionaire Next Door. Um, to another one of the sales guys there. And I had been reading it when I got downsized and I thought, man, so I actually saw an ad for, you know, millionaire seeks 
real estate apprentice, which now everybody, I think at this point knows that's a seminar, but I didn't at the time. I actually thought it was a job interview. <laughs> so I went there um, and I, I bought the, I bought the package and I went and did his training. Um, he was supposed to fund the deals. Long story short, he didn't fund the deals, um, but he did teach me enough that I could do it on my own. So I just mm. went out and put together my first deal and, um, you know, I made just under $20,000 in less than 30 days and my life was forever changed. And here I am nearly 20 years later. Mm. And, uh, I never dreamed I would be helping other people. I mean, this, I, I, I was going into rehab houses. I wasn't planning on, you know, um, teaching people about, about, rental properties and legacy like we're talking about today and all of this myriad of other things that I've learned over the last couple of decades. And yet here I am. Um, and so I got started like a lot of people at a seminar. That's awesome. I was going to ask you how long ago that was, because I think that always gives a frame of reference for really where did you step in? And I think everyone in the entrepreneurial business owner space has this transformation and transition somewhere that it goes from being about them to being about other people and how you help other people. And it was, it's very apparent that you've crossed that bridge and you're in this space of saying, how do I do the most, but how do I also help others do the most with their life as well? Yeah. And I think w once you figure that out, I mean, when I figured that out, um, in a big way, uh, that what I do can help other people. And if I do, if I help enough other people, I mean, everybody's heard that, right? You help enough other people get what they want. You'll get what you want. I think the piece that's left off is that you'll get what you want times like 10 or a hundred. It's amazing what happens when you can multiply that. Um, I, I call that leverage, right? And there, people talk about leverage and they specifically talk about, um, you know, 20% down, we're going to leverage into a property. It's all financial, but that's not it, right? Mm -hmm. You can leverage everything if you just sit down and try to figure out how to do it. Um, and you can leverage your talents, you can leverage your time, you can leverage everything. Um, and if you do that properly and you help enough other people, well, then you, you can 10 X or even more than that, uh, what you're giving. It's, it's incredible. Um, and the whole time you get to feel great about what you're doing. It's, it's fantastic. Hey, hey, Ron, um, this may be a leading question, but something that occurred to me is that a lot of people who would have attended that seminar, which they thought was a job interview, uh, like you said, and then they found out that they, this person really did not actually fund the deals like they said they were going to would have be become very sour in the process. Mm -hmm. um, so it seems like your mindset might have carried you through this, especially after you were just downsized and so on and so forth. It couldn't have been a, a wonderful situation. So can you talk about a little bit about how apparently your mindset does carry you through this and how um, real estate investing can be have some ups and downs as I've known because I've owned real estate for a long time also? And a lot of people think, you know, they, they get this idea that you're going to be sitting in Hawaii with the, you know, the, with the palm trees behind you and you're never going to have any problems. Uh, but yet, uh, if you can stay focused, have the good mindset and understand it's a long game, it's a long game um, in real estate that um, you're, you will ultimately be successful. Can you, so you could, can you comment a little bit about that? Yeah, a couple of things. Um, I, I glossed over that story just a little bit. Um, and there are some important pieces to it. Number one, the whole sales pitch was that I do the work. I go down, learn, 
find properties. I do the work. He funds the deals. We split them 50, 50. That was the whole sales pitch. That's why I bought the course. Cause I didn't have the money, right? I'm, I'm like every other sales guy on the planet. I spent everything I made and I had, when I got downsized, I had all my bills and I had no income. Right. So mm-hmm. I needed this thing to work. And when I submitted it and they denied it for no, for no good reason, um, I realized that they weren't going to help me like they said they were going to. And for a day I was destroyed. I mean, I, I, here, I, I did what they told me. I was, this is what's supposed to happen. And after I got done, you know, crying about, you know, woe is me. I woke up the next day and I was like, okay, but he did teach me how to go and do an option. Why can't I just go? This is a deal. I know this is a deal based on what he told me. And I've also read, you know, all of these books that probably helped me out with my mindset mm-hmm. and made it to where, look, all I have to do is be creative here. I just need to solve this person's problem. She had a problem. If I can solve it, I can make money here. Um, and so I don't know how to fix houses. I don't have any money. All I have is this contract that I know I can go do. So I went and did the contract. In, in, in the option consideration, it says I have to have money. Well, I don't have any money. So, I mean, I just spent it all on this guy's seminar, right? I don't have any left. So I just told the lady she had a, she had a stain on her ceiling. I said, look, here's the deal. I'll fix this for the option consideration. And, um, you know, worst case scenario, 30 days from now, uh, you'll have a house that's at least got a stain fixed, right? It'll look better than it does. And she thought that was a great idea, right? So I also didn't know how to fix the stain. So I called my brother and I said, hey, man, come help me fix this stain. I'll split the profits with you. And by the way, I need you to buy this stuff uh, to, to fix it, right? So we did. And the first person to walk through that house uh, bought it. So I solved that lady's problem, put her, put some money in her pocket, put money in my pocket, put money in my brother's pocket and away we went um, to make this happen. And so real estate, life, business, relationships, everything throws wrenches into your, into your world. It just does. Every, nothing goes the way it's supposed to all the time. And you have a couple of choices. You can do what I did the first day. And you can continue to just do that and think that the world is against you and that you can't win, or you can just figure out a way through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, health problems, whatever it is. Um, so I think it's really, really important that we understand that and that in life and in real estate, like you said, I mean, Bruce, real estate is great. It has been wildly good to me. And yet, we could spend the entire session talking about all of the problems that I've had. I mean, and then if we add all my clients' problems, <laughs> I mean, we could do this for days, right? But ultimately, in the long game, oh, you win really, really big. But in the short term, uh, it can be really, really frustrating. And sometimes it can be downright, like this was for me, it can be downright scary. That was mm-hmm. scary. I had a young family and I needed to feed them. So well, what's interesting about, yeah, what's interesting about that is I'm hearing that you step back from the situation. You said, how can I solve these problems in an unconventional way? How can I bring something else to the table? That's not just a, a to B to C. How can I 
think bigger than that? And how can I expand my mindset? And all of a sudden you're saying, how can I fix the stain? Which normally somebody's not going to think that's how I'm going to buy a property by fixing a stain. I mean, this was not something that you were taught necessarily. This was you stepping back and saying, what can I do to really solve problems, which is at the root of all wealth creation, dollars follow value, yep. you're giving value, you're finding out how to solve problems in a way that that person is getting tremendous value, you're building relationships, which is at the heart of all wealth creation. So I just love these, um, these boots on the ground stories that you're telling about these giant life philosophies. So before we jump over into some of your client stories, about legacy, I would love for you to share what specifically it is that you do and how you help investors, because I think that's going to really put a framework around what this meant for your client. Sure. Um, so since 2005, funny enough, uh, in business, you're always, you're always throwing these curveballs, right? I was, I had been rehabbing houses for um, several years with my brother. Everything's going really well. We're ramping the business up. We're growing. And then all of a sudden in Kansas city, uh, HUD came in and changed the guidelines. Mm. So all of the properties we were selling in the area we were selling were HUD loans. And so we were in effect overnight out of business. Oh, we wow. had to have a year on title to sell properties. And so all the houses that we had under construction, we now, we, we were forced into being landlords. And that is how my current business started. I was forced into being a landlord mm. against my will. <laughs> I was forced into this. And so at that point, again, you have to step back and go, okay, I got to recreate this deal now because what I was doing doesn't work. It's not my fault. Uh, I mean, it partly is my fault. I put all my eggs in the HUD basket, so that was my fault, right? But it changed, mm -hmm. right? Great book, Who Moved My Cheese? Well, you, oh, yes. there it is. Just got moved, so now what do I do? Well, so my current business formed out of that. I formed all of these relationships around my my new current business, which is landlord, right? Rental properties. And I met a bunch of people. Crazy thing is, is that I learned that these people were not as busy as me, made tons of money. And if we need to, if we wanted to go to lunch and hang out, they were almost always available. Crazy thing. Now, before when my brother and I were running our business, not true. I mean, I was constantly busy. And so I learned something. Then I also learned that there's a bunch of people who want to do this, but they don't have the teams. They don't have the infrastructure. They don't know how to do it. They just have heard great things about real estate and they want to do it. And so here we have another problem. And to your point, Rachel, I mean, it's just like, here, here's another problem. If I can solve it, well, I already have the teams built because I have my properties, right? So all I did was I said, look, you guys out there that want to do this, I have the team built. I have the properties. Let's just make this thing work. And in 2005, I worked with builders um, and we, we built tons of houses in Kansas City, one of which is uh, one of the ones that um, the gentleman you're talking about um, purchased. And, and then from there, we've sold thousands and thousands of properties in, goodness, dozens of markets across the country. And we've grown a, a, a pretty impressive business out of simply helping people buy rental properties from out of state and be successful at it by putting the t proper teams in place. And so that's what we do today. We help people who want to invest in rental properties do it with the least amount of work possible um, because we do most of it. And then we do that with vetted suppliers, vetted management, 
uh, all of the team members that you could possibly need, 1031 accommodators, everybody, right? Mm. We have all of those because of my relationships. And, um, and at this point, 15 years of doing that and thousands and thousands of clients. And I'm able to leverage all of that to get better deals for our clients and be able to help them buy more and more and more properties. And so that's what my company does. That's excellent. So would you consider yourself a turnkey company in that regard outside of the coaching and mentoring and training element, or would you call it something else? Yeah. So we don't sell any education. Everything we do is for, is free. Um, oh, awesome. Obviously our podcast is, but literally everything we do, our, our clients never pay us a dime. Um, and the reason for that is, um, as you said up front, I'm, I'm a real estate broker. My salespeople are agents. Um, we get commissions or referral fees. And when we get those, whether it's fair or not in our business, the seller pays. And so mm-hmm. we don't have to get any money from our, our clients. And so we provide all of the service that we provide to our clients. Um, and we still make a lot of money. They just don't pay us, um, which works really, really, but they love that. Uh, no, piece that's of awesome. And so we provide all the education for free. We provide all of the resources and everything that we need that a person would need for free. Um, and incidentally, we don't even make money from uh, the people who we refer them to um, because we want to have the ability to fire those people if they're not the best or move on. Right. And so we don't make money from the management companies. We don't make money from any of these uh, associated businesses. We just provide them with a ton of business and any deals we can work, we pass those on to the clients. So, so I'm a, so let me ahead, just, Chris. let me just put a timeline. So I contact you, you would have rental prop or excuse me, you would have properties that I could purchase and then you would have management companies that you would refer the client to that could actually then get a um, get a renter in the property and manage the property for for them. And then um, if you would choose to, let's say you hold the real estate for a while, and this doesn't probably happen very often, but a person could then use your real estate brokerage company to resell the rental property if they if they would like to again. Sure, they can. Um Generally speaking, what we find is that it's better to, it, you make more money selling it to on the retail market. So we, we generally refer them to retail agents because it's better for them. And then we help them with the 1031 on the other side. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if people have a tenant in place and they need out of a property because they need to cash out for whatever reason they need the cash, absolutely, we can help them sell it. We can sell it really quickly. It has a tenant in place. It's ready to go, right? Um, but Financially speaking, that's almost never the best way to go because you can almost always get more retail. Um, and so, yes, we do that. And we facilitate, we help facilitate the 1031 exchange, um, all of that stuff uh, we do. And you have preferred lenders, I would imagine, or at least- literally everything you could possibly come yeah. up with CPAs, okay, attorneys, insurance, everything. As a matter of fact, our, our insurance is phenomenal because it's a master insurance policy that I have. And I have, um, our clients get to use my master insurance policy. And so um, they get, they get better rates than they could get anywhere else. Um, So that's excellent. And it, it sounds different to me. I was going to ask you to differentiate for our listeners who may have heard us talk to other turnkey providers. I always like to ask what makes you different from another turnkey provider. And I know that you're not um, saying that you're a turnkey provider specifically, but if I'm the investor and I now want to go purchase five properties or three or one property or 10, 
and I'm trying to figure out who I'm going to go to to find those properties, why would they specifically want to work with you outside of maybe going to another company that might be able to provide them something similar? Well, a couple of things. Number one, uh, many of the turnkey guys out there are my friends. Um, so, That's so awesome. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I literally, and they know this, I hate the word turnkey. I absolutely hate it. And the reason what, is, what would you like us to use? No, 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 it's fine. I'm just telling everybody the reason why I don't like it. And, and but I was doing this before turnkey was a term. I understand what turnkey means, but to your point earlier, Bruce, it, it, people think when it, something is turnkey that they don't have to do anything. Oh, great point. That's the reason why I hate it. It's not that, it's not that, the property isn't ready to go. It's not that it doesn't have a client, a, a tenant in it. It's it, all of that is true, but turnkey just gives this feeling of, I don't have to check my bank account because this thing's just going to magically happen. Right. And mm -hmm. that is not how real estate works. It's just not, it's actually not how any wealth creation works either. I mean, it's not how anything works. Right. <laughs> Health, it's not how anything works. We're literally relationships. Yes. Ron, Ron, I get that because my, the thing that uh, sets me off is passive investing or yeah, passive income. Not passive. Nothing, there's no such thing as passive. You're working it's, for it or you have worked for it. You know, it's, there's no such correct. thing as that. So that I understand that. And I'm going to stop. I'm going to actually stop using the, the turnkey because that it's related to pat, the passive thing that sets me off. So thanks for clarifying well, and, that because that's so really, I, really good. I talk about it in the, in, in, in the same vein. So what sets me apart was the question. Um, I, what sets our company apart is that we're not married to any one area. Typical turnkey companies are um, very good at what they do. And the reason is because they control a market, right? So they do everything. They buy the property, they renovate the property, they manage the property, they do everything to the property, right? Because of that, they have a really good control on the property. That's, that's an awesome thing. The negative to that is that they're stuck in a market. And so the, the benefit to what we are, we're in 10 markets and I can move tomorrow. So if the market changes, I can shut off an area and I can be across the country in, in a matter of days, right? With suppliers. And let me give you an example of this. So in 2006 and seven, we pulled out of the high appreciating markets and moved into the safe zone, which is in the Midwest of the country in the South, where you can still get cash flow, right? Mm -hmm. Everything fell apart. We moved right back out into Boise and Phoenix and Florida. And we were selling properties from 2010 all the way until they appreciated the point where they don't cash flow anymore. And then we moved again. And now we're helping those people that bought 1031 exchange out of those highly appreciating markets into the safe zone again, because those uh, people are buying 4% cap rates in Boise, Idaho right now, for instance. Well, anybody quick with math knows that doesn't cash flow. So we're having them sell at the top of the market, move their money into the safe zone again, increase their cash flow, most of them three and four times what they were getting, and just wait again, right? Uh, and that's that's the the benefit of of utilizing us is that we are crazy nimble. I can shut something off and turn something on the next day. That doesn't mean that we stopped caring about our people who bought in Boise just because we're not selling there anymore. We we do care about them. We care about them so much. We're having them 1031 their money and put it into somewhere else and increase constantly increase their their cash flow and also increase their wealth. Right. So that's how you play the game to win is is by moving your assets according to what the market is telling you. Take the market gift that Boise and Phoenix and Florida 
and Vegas and some of these markets have given over the last 10 years, 12 years, and move it so that you can increase, take all of that and move it and increase your income and then do it again. That's excellent. So you are helping then that kind of comes back to the point of new and seasoned investors to really be able to accomplish their goals. And you said increase their cash flow and their wealth. I'm hearing increase their income stream. So that's the mm -hmm. cash flow and then increase their net worth as well. And Correct. part of the reason for both, I mean, if you are, if you have cash flow goals and you're looking to have an additional source of, I mean, what some people would call passive income, but you're looking at cash flow from assets, not cash flow from your job. You're in a position now where you're also saying, the more capital I have over here, the more I can use to increase that, that monthly income stream from assets as well. And so you're helping people to really be able to strategically do both, which is yeah, and really then, powerful. And then once somebody gets to the point where they get this part of it, then there's all these really cool layers you can add. Like you were talking about at the beginning with, with, um, with cash value life insurance. My gosh, if you can take your, um, if you can take your income and dump it into basically your own bank, mm -hmm. and then you can, you can save all that money up inside of there, it just augments. You're now double arbitraging your money and you can create this thing. It goes faster. The engine just goes faster. Mm -hmm. And there's so many really cool tricks like that you can do. And if you don't, if you don't wait around in one market and watch the cycle go up and down and up and down and up and down, instead, if you actually capitalize on it and you're utilizing all these other really cool tools that are out there to build wealth and store wealth, the, the engine just goes so fast. It's like you took the governor off and you just get to fly, right? And along the way, you have problems like we were talking about, but those problems don't stop you because the inertia is behind you already, right? You have so much net worth and you have so much income coming in that this little problem over here seems insignificant. I love that you shared that. I think we were just talking about um, life insurance companies and their financial stability last week on the show. And we're talking about these long range timeframes that they plan over. I mean, if you're thinking in a 50, 100 year increments, then 2020 is a little blip on the radar. It's not the, it's not something that is a blockade or an obstacle or a brick wall that you can't pierce through. It's not something that's going to stop you completely. This is something that's just a blip. And so I love that same analogy that you just shared. If you're thinking um, longer term and you have this inertia, this momentum, you're going to go through that. So there's so many pieces. I, I just love how much you're sharing. I think we could comment on so many different elements. I would love to jump over in the remaining 17 minutes that we have. And actually we have a question right now. So somebody's asking, where can we contact your business for education material? Let's just pause real quick and answer that question. So if you are looking for information about RP capital and the, the ability to get into real estate and be able to make some of these moves, go ahead, Ron, and share real quickly where they can connect with you for that information. Uh, two places. So you can go to our website. Um, that's rpcinvest.com. And then um, my podcast is getrealestatesuccess.com. It's called the Get Real Show, and we get real on there about real estate. So good, bad, ugly, whatever it is. Um, both of those places will give you tons of, of, of information, and both of those places you can reach us if, if you're ready to move to the next level. Otherwise, enjoy all the content that's there. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. And Javier, I hope you caught that as we shared. We'll make sure we put that in the comments as well. And that was rpinvest.com and get real. 
getrealestatesuccess.com. Okay, I knew there was a success. I wasn't sure if there was the estate in there too. Getrealestatesuccess.com. Yeah, and I believe it was R- RPC Invest, correct? Correct. Stands for RP. RP Capital, capital. so rpcinvest.com. Yep. I'm so sorry. I wrote that down and I said the wrong thing. rpcinvest.com and real estate, getrealestatesuccess.com. You got it. All right. And also, if you are looking for additional information about life insurance and how to be in a position of getting your money to do more than one thing so that you can more quickly speed up that time and money freedom, you're looking at you're looking at whole life insurance, cash flow strategies, and alternative investments, kind of this big picture of your financial life. You can go to themoneyadvantage.com. You can find out all the information about us and our team. You can also book an appointment directly to get on our calendar and really feel out what exactly your next moves are to be able to make your money do a lot more for you. So let's jump over to your client story. So a little bit of background on this. We are currently doing a lot of work. I'm writing a book on legacy planning and really what this means and the the pillars of doing that in your own financial life. One of the elements being an estate plan, one of the elements being your financial life, and one of the elements being your value system. But this whole question really comes up of I'm building something with my life for specific reasons. And usually that has to do with, I want financial freedom. I want time and money freedom to be able to live my life on my terms and be able to enjoy that with the people that I love and be able to provide these great, meaningful experiences and really live a full life. But then the question comes up, okay, but what about after my life? What about when my life is over? What is this going to do for the next generation and the next generation after that? And how long of an impact do we want to be able to have in the world beyond us? And as we just even consider this question, we have to ask, what happens to my stuff? Not just like my my personal house and my car, but what happens to my investments? when I pass away? How do I make sure that the goals that I had and the life that I wanted to create and that I'm planning to live while I'm here and that I want to create for my family, how do I make sure that that continues on whether I'm here or not? And this question really came to um, the forefront as you were talking about two client stories of clients that passed away much earlier than expected, kind of just out of nowhere And can you share a little bit of the backstory, what happened in those situations? And then we'll talk about kind of what what a listener might be wanting to think about to make sure that they communicate the purpose of their assets. Sure. Um, So uh, two people, um, and it was within like a week, which is which is why we even talked about it on our show is that it just really kind of sacked my company. one of them was our lender, actually, and we had done hundreds and hundreds of deals with him. Oh wow! Um, he was kind of part of our he was part of our team, you know. So we knew him very well, um, and he was about my age. I mean, I I consider oh, myself wow. to have I'm not even fifty percent of the way there yet. Like I'm, you know, I'm going to live to over a hundred, and so mm-hmm. in my mind, this is really young guy, and mm-hmm. he had young kids, um, so. Nobody expects that we're going to die when we're in our 40s or 30s or 20s or anything. You know, we just don't expect that. Mm-hmm. That said, we do have to think about it and we do have to plan just in case, right? Because the last thing that any of us wants is to leave our, our legacy be um, a problem. I mean, it's already bad that, we're, that, they have, that people 
that we have left have to deal with us being gone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, tremendously. But now all of a sudden, <laughs> we've got this whole financial mess. And, you know, nobody really plans to leave a financial mess. But if we don't plan, I 100% guarantee you will leave a financial mess, even if you have significant assets and maybe even potentially because you have significant assets. It's Mm -hmm. even more of a mess if you don't plan for it. And another thing that I'll say is that a lot of people don't realize how many assets they actually have. Um. Just two weeks ago, I talked to a person, I took her through a a, a balance sheet um, and she had no idea her net worth was that much. Just no Mm -hmm. clue. It happens every time I I go through somebody's financial picture. I've actually had husband and wives lean over the table and and turn to each other and say, did you realize we had this much money? You know, they don't even know what they have. It's it's crazy to me to think about that. And what a failure of the financial planning industry that people don't know this fundamental thing uh, called a balance sheet, income statement and balance sheet. How, how can you call yourself a financial planner and and your people not know what that is? Um, And so then this long-term client, one of my first, he was my first client out, out of um, my seminar um, circuit when I used to actually speak and, and pay people to come listen to me speak. Um, (laughs) and Doug died. He's probably 20 years older than me, maybe 25 years older than me, but still that's young, really young. Mm. And he had a significant net worth and the, you know, his kids and his grandkids had no clue. And his wife, um, actually wasn't doing very well. And because of that, she was in a facility. So she's not in, a, in any capacity to be handling any of this stuff. And so his kids were thrust into this. And we were in the middle of a 1031 exchange. Thank God we were in the middle of a 1031 exchange because that made us reach out to the, the kids to try and the attorneys and try to figure out how to unwind all of this that, that is going on, right? But then we had to sit down with the kids and tell them, you know, Doug told us, he told me all the time he was doing this for his grandkids and the kids were going to sell all the stuff, right? They don't mm. want to deal with it. I'm like, look, you just take a second and look at everything that he's built and look at the power of it and take, just take some time. You don't have to sell it today. It's all cash flowing. I can show you where it all is, everything, you know, right. But that underscores what you guys were just saying. People need to know what you have. This whole thing with, you know, two or three generations ago being super quiet and private about what you have with your family is not a good plan, man. People need to know what you have. They need to know where it is. Mm -hmm. Somebody does. So your trustee needs to, your attorney needs to, your CPAs need to, and you have to have all of this lined out where it goes if you uh, untimely die. Because otherwise, your kids and grandkids will have no clue where it is. I think that was one of the most poignant pieces that you shared. And it was this idea that, okay, well, you guys were in the middle of the 1031 exchange. And because of that, you were an advisor or a, um, a support to the family that was able to help them through this. But I mean, what about the families that don't have anyone to lead them through? Maybe they haven't done the estate planning and there's no attorney and maybe they're doing their own taxes and there's no CPA. And what if they don't have a financial advisor and there's no 
professional helping them to be able to sort these things out. I mean, that it feels to me like a spaghetti noodle mess of trying to sort the pieces. And then you're thinking, okay, well, is it, is there an estate plan? Is there some kind of allocation? What goes to which family member? Do we just sell everything and then be able to divide up the net worth among us? Is that what they wanted? And usually that's not going to facilitate the end goal, which might be income. I think in that case, there was income for the wife to be able to mm-hmm. um, continue on in the, in the uh, facility and then also the grandkids. And it, so communicating the wishes, your wishes and your intentions and your goals and why you're making the financial moves that you're making and what the assets are for is huge. And then that, yeah. that element of making sure they're involved in the conversation. And look, to make matters worse, his kids, um, they weren't even his kids. Now, he I never knew that. He talked about his kids. They were his kids and his grandkids. But the truth is, he was their stepfather. Mm. And, I mean, this thing could have been an absolute... This could have been one of those things where real estate investors... There's a reason real estate investors mail to probate lists and pre-probate lists. It's because people just, when you get a big mess like that, you want the mess gone, right? And there's opportunity there. These, these kids had no clue what they were holding and what he had built. And had nobody told them, they probably would have fire sailed all of it to get their hands on the cash. And it would have been, that would have been tragic. All of those years, him building this this small empire and then gone, right? Just mm-hmm. gone. And you, they would have gone through the cash in, a, in an instant. And then, you know, they would all been trying to take care of mom. And, uh, and there's no reason for it because there was more than enough cash. There's income coming in from, from all of his investments. Mm-hmm. And we were only a small part of his investments. You know, he, he had all kinds of other investments, too. And so if, and the other thing is, is if you don't actually think this through and direct it, then they will do whatever they want with it when you're gone. And if you wanted it to be there for your grandkids, you have to specify how all of this happens or the kids just get it after probate takes their chunk and all the time and all this nonsense that everybody goes through. And it, it's really not that hard to sit down with an advisor um, and go through this and make a plan. It's just not. And it's also not that expensive. And it's it's worth it. It's just worth it. Hey, Ron, uh, let, let me just help clarify to the listeners. Because um, uh, a lot of people say, well, I have a I have a will. And so I'm taken care of. And you keep referring to probate and what and I just want to reemphasize because we've talked about this on several several podcasts, but we have new listeners, so on and so forth. Wills actually do not prevent in almost every state probate. So especially in a situation where 50% of the marriages do end in divorce. So it's not that unusual to have um, a split situation where you have children that are not even uh, end up being yours. And there could be wonderful situations. I'm not saying every situation is contentious. But uh, our state attorneys always say that uh, outlaw or in-laws become outlaws in the time of a death. And not only it's not necessarily your own children, it could even be your own children, biological children that are pressured by the by the in-law 
not because they they don't like the the parents, but they they believe that their own husband or wife is being taken advantage of by a sibling, and they and they're in their little ear and they're saying, "Why are you letting your sister do this? Why are you letting your brother do this?" You know, and and so on and so forth. It's just it's a very stressful time at that time period, and so. Having um, not just a will, um, because anybody can contest a will, and then it must go to probate. It Correct. absolutely, and then as you said, and I don't think I don't think listeners caught it. Um, then there are laws in each individual state that says how we are going to divide this up by the probate courts, and yep. in most states, um, by statute, by law. They say, oh, and by the way, yes, the lawyers are then going to be able to take anywhere between five and eight percent um, of the actual estate. So it, you, you're eroding um, the estate value even more. Um, For going no on. reason. And in a lot of cases, and then to your point, in a lot of cases, you must liquidate the holdings to actually divide the holdings. And um these are things that uh, people just don't realize. And, and just like you said, it's really not that expensive. And here in the Missouri and St. Louis area, uh, we can get this all accomplished. Uh, people that have multiple rental properties, anywhere between $2,500 and $5,000. We can get it all accomplished for that amount of money. It's relatively really cheap. But every time people hear you know, trust, they think they have to have tremendous amount of wealth and they think it's going to be yeah. really, really expensive. It's only expensive if you don't do it. The reality Very of the situation well is, and I, I tell people this all the time, it's not fake it till you make it. It is plan. It's plan to be wealthy. Yes. The wealthy people didn't become wealthy by accident. That mm -hmm. is not how wealth is created. It is a very purposeful thing. And if you are purposefully creating wealth and you are not at the same time purposefully keeping your wealth, you will end up broke. You, you cannot. It, there are people who want to take your money, period, end of story. Mm -hmm. And if you are not protecting your assets and then creating a legacy that you want, that you want with all of the assets that you created, this wealth that you've built, then you're, you're undermining the decades that it's going to take you to create this wealth and to what end? I mean, good Lord, you're doing all of this and then you're going to die. You get none of it. If you haven't thought about what you want to do and what kind of a legacy you want to leave, um, you might want to speed that process up just a little bit because what the, what the hell is the point of working so hard? If you, if, if you don't even know why, otherwise stop it. There's no point. <laughs> Right. And you know? it's just so interesting. I mean, none of us take this with us into eternity and it doesn't even matter what your spiritual belief system is. The moment we are gone from this earth, everything that we have financially created is not going with us. So it either is going to benefit people's lives after us or it's not. And that's your point about making your legacy really count. So I think um, there's something really specific I wanted to say. So if we just had to pull all of these threads together, what is the way to make sure that you're not in this bad situation? It's make sure you talk with your family. It's make sure you do the estate planning and it's make sure that you communicate what the intentions, first, what you even have. And then secondly, what the intentions are for that. And I think if you really boiled it down, it would be those three things. And Absolutely. you said something really interesting. You said, 
if all of this, all of the assets are sold and liquidated in a fire sale, and then the money is dispersed among all of the family members, usually it's just going to be gone. And the reason why that can happen is if you have a wealth creator here who is understanding what it means to build wealth, and then it's they're doing the creation, they're doing the work, they're understanding the laws of how money works, and they're really understanding how to work with money to get it working for them, but they don't transfer on that knowledge. And the next generation just gets a bunch of money without understanding the purpose of money or how to make it or how to manage it well, or how to make it be increased. They're not having the knowledge base to be good stewards of that money. And it does just vanish. And so it's the most important legacy. Yes. It's the most important legacy. And it's the same thing in business. If you're not creating leaders out of your company, then you are a failed leader. Well, actually, you're not a leader at all. And if you're not doing that inside of your family and you're leaving money to people who don't have any idea how to, how to create it or how to steward, be good stewards over it, then you have failed. All of the creation, creation of your business, creation of your assets, creation of all of this is for not. And that's what I was trying to say just a minute ago. Just stop. If you're not going to do that, then just stop it. There's not even any really any point, right? Mm-hmm. The real legacy that goes generations deep and goes wide, wider than you can even imagine is the creation of leaders among people. It's building human beings up. It has nothing yes. to do with wealth because wealth is in your brain. I mean, we just talked about the, the beginning of the show. If you want to like put all those threads back together. Wealth comes from, from creation. It, it, is, yes. it is not something you just get. It's created. And if you can't pass that along and help other people be creators, then you have failed. That is really powerful. And I think something really weighty for us to chew on. And if we just look at it from the end perspective, what are we building all of the assets for if we're not transferring a true legacy? Ron, I think this went really deep, really quickly today, and we are at the top of our hour, actually a little past. And so we'll go ahead and wrap up here. If you are listening today and these are these questions, these thoughts, these stories, this conversation is making you think deeply or think different about your financial life, your legacy, the way that you're building leaders, the way you're valuing the people in your family and building a legacy that's more than money, that is building the true individual flourishing of individual people in your family, we'd love to hear from you. So you are welcome to reach out to us. You can email us with your questions and your thoughts at hello at themoneyadvantage.com. You can also book an appointment right on our calendar. And this would be really just to get a feel for what you need to do, your next steps to be able to build time and money freedom, to be in that position where you are not only becoming personally financially successful, you are building that contribution and that legacy long-term. You can do that at themoneyadvantage.com as well. And again, I know in the middle of the show, we asked where people can find you. I just want to reiterate that you can find Ron at rpcinvest.com and also his podcast, Get Real Estate Success can be found at getrealestatesuccess.com. So make sure you find him there. Ron, thank you for being with us on the show today. This has been really powerful. Absolute pleasure. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And in closing, please remember success leaves clues. So model the successful few. 
not the crowd, and build a life and business you love. Discover the secret of how to earn a return on the same money in two places at the same time so that you can strengthen your investment returns. We've created a free guide for you that explains the top three things every investor needs their privatized banking system to do. Go to themoneyadvantage.com slash banking, put in your name and primary email address, click the send my free guide button right now, and we'll see you on the inside. Thank you for listening to the Money Advantage podcast. Today's show notes and resources are available for you on themoneyadvantage.com. If you like this episode, make sure you subscribe and leave a review. If you have any questions or desire to speak with a qualified financial professional after listening to today's podcast, we encourage you to reach out to us at hello at themoneyadvantage.com or check us out at themoneyadvantage.com. The opinions and views expressed here are for informational purposes only. This material is educational in nature and should not be deemed as a solicitation of any specific product or service. All investments involve risk, and a potential loss of principal. Kalos Capital Incorporated nor Kalos Management Incorporated offer tax or legal advice. Please consult with a tax advisor or attorney for advice regarding the impact on your portfolio. Securities offered through Kalos Capital Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB, and investment advisory services offered through Kalos Management Incorporated and registered investment advisor both located at 11525 Parkwood Circle, Alpharetta, Georgia. E3 Consultants Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Kalos Capital Incorporated or Kalos Management Incorporated.